BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets back on the road. They'll tip off the month of November with a matchup against the Chicago Bulls. We'll have a game preview for that one. Also forecast the entire month of November as a whole, and after I got all hot and bothered yesterday about one set of power rankings, we're going to see if I can uh, become enraged about another and cry and talk me off the ledge a little bit. Our guest today is the executive sports producer for WBTV, your CBS affiliate right here in the Queen City Channel 3 zone, Nate Wimberly, who you can find on social media at Nate Wimberly. Nate, thanks for joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hey, thanks for having me for the first time this season. It's good to have you back, and we will have you on often as we can throughout the season. First month of the season in the books in in terms of turning the page from October to November. A little bit frustrating, a little bit confusing at times. The highs have been outstanding. You referenced it on your Twitter the other day. You know, the Hornets beat the world champion Golden State, but that's in between losing to Orlando and losing to Sacramento. And you asked a question that I'm going to ask you in turn. Who are the Charlotte Hornets. For me, I think injuries have had more of an influence on the Hornets record than anything to this point. I think, generally speaking, the level of play has been pretty good, all things considered. But what do you think? Who are the Charlotte Hornets? I'm still scratching my head about that. That To answer that, it's just, and you're right, the injuries to start the season kind of just threw a wrench in all of this. But to me, they, even with those injuries, they've played well. When they look good, they're pretty good. Uh, they're just not as bad as you know most people would have thought. So you know it, it's just a, a, a mixed bag. Once again, until some of the injured guys, Lamelo and, and and Terry gets back on the court and and Cody gets back out there, we just really won't know who this team fully is. But a lot of teams in the NBA are like that. So you know that you're seeing a lot of things that you thought you wouldn't see, 
but it's a reality. But is that truly the reality of those teams? So a lot of folks are still trying to figure themselves out, and, and the Hornets are one of those teams. But I think you you got to kind of hang your hat on, you know, it's not as bad as some might have thought before the season started that you're you're playing well against a Golden State, against an Atlanta, and beating them on the road. It, it, it's not as bleak as, as people might have thought before the season. No, and in addition to the injuries, the level of road games, the level of competition, those need to be factored in as well. I mean, there's a reason front offices, general managers, like to give it about 20 games basically to Thanksgiving to really start to make some decisions about your team because in the first seven games, the Hornets have played primarily on the road. They played against a lot of playoff quality teams in New Orleans, Atlanta. People see the Knicks in that bucket. Golden State, absolutely, near the head of the class. Different teams are going to have different schedules. Some teams have barely been on the road yet. Some teams have been almost exclusively on the road. So after about 20 games, things start to even out. I do like where the Hornets' ratings are right now. Offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating. These are things that say, generally speaking, how do you play compared to the league? They're all pretty favorable for the Hornets through seven games of the season. Game number eight is going to tip off tonight. It'll be tipping off the month of November for Buzz City. But uh, as I referenced earlier, I got pretty upset about about a set of power rankings from NBA.com yesterday, and uh, I have another one that I want to discuss with you, Nate, so uh, I'm not sure if you've checked these out or not. Hopefully you didn't, because it's always better to catch people by surprise, but The Athletic put out their weekly power rankings in the last 48 hours, and my question for you, before you quickly zoom over there and take a look at it, where do you think the Hornets should be in the hierarchy of 30 teams in the NBA right now? I would say middle of the pack. To me, that's where they're at. I, I think they're just they're trying to figure it out just like the rest of the league is trying to figure it out. So I mean, mid-pack, they're not hanging out with the Houstons and the Orlandos. And the, they're not in, in that in that alley. They're, they're in the middle of the pack to me. Because once they get LaMelo back and you, you get Terry back and things of that nature and you get Cody back from a defensive standpoint, I think we're going to see this team take another jump and another step in the evolution of who they're going to be this year. So at, right now, I would just say middle of the road NBA team right now, that's where I would have. What's a number? Middle of the pack, so you say 15, 16? 15, but... 15, 15, 14, something like that. All right. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that power rankings are clearly clickbait, and I'm a sucker every time. I click on all of them. I get mad, and then I, yeah, I'm doing exactly what they want. All that said, you said 15, 16, somewhere in that range. The Athletics says the Hornets are number 19. They do take into account that the Hornets are playing without their starting backcourt, but they do still have their concerns about how the team is playing overall, their general shooting percentage, and uh, you know, it's probably best to say they're reserving some judgment for when this team is healthy for what they actually look like. But the Athletic Power Rankings had them lower than you, so our task for you now, I'm going to give you the three teams directly above the Hornets. You don't have to tell me why all of them should be behind Buzz City, but I do need one of them and a reason why. So your choices are the Utah Jazz, who the Athletic has slated as number 18, the Chicago Bulls, who are number 17, and coincidentally the Hornets are playing tonight, and the New York Knicks, who beat the Hornets on their home floor in overtime with no LaMelo Ball or Terry Rozier on the floor. Those are your choices. Who do you think the Hornets should be ahead of? Most definitely Utah. They've come out and surprised so far. And um, I just don't think what they're doing is going to be they're not going to sustain that over time. I just I don't feel that with Utah. So that's the team for me. That you know I could answer that one really quickly. I just feel like Utah's not going to be able to sustain what they're doing for a, a, 
a longer period of time. Utah is the pick. I hope it is somewhat prescient because uh, Utah does have a win over the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's coming up next on this road trip here for the Hornets. But first piece of business is first, Hornets will take on the Chicago Bulls. Even before we can get to that, though, the month of November as a whole here for the Hornets. 14 games on the slate in a 27-day stretch. It's going to be very, very busy here for Buzz City. What is the prognosis from one of the Great reporters who covers the team on a regular basis. Nate Wimberly, executive sports producer for WBTV, our guest today, and he'll give us his November forecast coming up next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Nate Wimberly, the executive sports producer for WBTV, Channel 3, your CBS affiliate in the Queen City. You can find him on social media at Nate Wimberly, and you can often find him at Hornets games, although to start the month of November, not a ton of opportunities for Nate to come into the hive. You're welcome to come, but there's no game to cover for a few (laughs) days. But uh, hopefully we'll have you out here for a few of the games over the course of the month of November. There's some great ones on the calendar. This coming Saturday, Hornets will host the Brooklyn Nets post-Thanksgiving edition of Hornets basketball again the Minnesota Timberwolves. That one should be a lot of fun and overall should be a great few games. But some of the themes for the month of November, Nate, as we look at the calendar, you got more road games than home games once again. So it continues to be a road-heavy schedule here for the Hornets. There's only two back-to-back, so not a ton of adverse scheduling to to have to overcome there, certainly not compared to some other teams in the league. And there are going to be some breaks towards the end of the month, but right now, this is the thick of it here these next two weeks. A lot of games coming hot and heavy at the Hornets. What is your overall November forecast for the Hornets? To me, I look at the schedule, it's a, it's a pretty tough schedule. On paper, it's tough. I look at a, a back-to-back, as far as games, not days, but a back-to-back of Miami. How long will it take for Miami to figure themselves out? you got a game at Memphis. When will Brooklyn figure themselves out? Brooklyn is, is in this month, so Minnesota's a tough team. Philly's a tough team. It's going to be a tough little month and a tough little stretch for November for the Charlotte Hornets. At this point, the one thing I really start to worry about when you got this kind of tough schedule is bringing LaMelo back eventually. I will figure that he's going to be back very soon within this month. And now you have to blend him in with the, the chemistry that's already been established among the guys that are there. Some roles are going to change. The role for Dennis Smith Jr. is going to change. And things of those and things of that nature. When you're playing a, a tough month like this and on the road, you know, which is probably going to lend itself to not having a lot of practice time anyway, as if you get a lot of that anyway in the NBA these days, you're going to have to fold everybody back in, Terry back in, and Cody back in, and, and LaMelo back in. And it's going to be tough when you don't have a lot of practice time and, and you're, you're just on the road and traveling and things of that nature. It's going to be a lot of mental reps and things of that nature. So for a tough month and having to, to, to blend everybody back in, it's going to be a daunting type, but you know, they're pros, they'll, they'll get it done. But that will be my worry and concern as far as a, a road heavy month of November and trying to, and hopefully nobody else gets hurt. 
knock on everything right now for that one at least. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Talking to Nate Wimberly about our November forecast. Before I make you give me a number, you know, a win goal or a win total you think is reasonable for this team, considering where they are now, and that's without several players that you mentioned, no LaMelo Ball, no Terry Rozier, no Cody Martin, as we begin the month of November. Hopefully we get good news later on here on game day, certainly rooting for that, but can't assume anything as we record this podcast here right now. What do you think at the end of the month the headline will be for the Hornets in the month of November? I would just say that they're still going to be around that 500 number, the 500 mark. And for me, that will be good. Just continue to tread water until you can just get everybody healthy, and get on a roll and, and, and get some of the defensive principles together with the people that you're going to mesh back in. Because I, I believe that's where, you know, offensively the Hornets are going to be fine. I, I truly believe that. But as, you know, Coach Cliff, he's going to want these defensive principles and things like that, and that you've got to, you got to, you got to fold LaMelo back into that. And, and, you know, Cody is going to definitely excel at that. We all know that. But I just think they just need to stay at that 500 level and get a sense and a feel and get some momentum heading in towards December, just be there at 500. That's what I'm feeling like. That should be the goal is just stay close to 500, get to December, and maybe when everybody's healthy and you get on a roll, then you can start to get hot and get on a streak where you can, you know, really start to get some wins under your belt in that month and kind of get that number above 500. I'm with you. Before the season even started, before we knew about the injuries, just looking at the calendar, I thought the Hornets would be in a great spot if they were right at the 500 mark when we turned the calendar to 2023. Just looking at how road-heavy the first couple of months of the season were, where the back-to-backs were, you know, not knowing how different teams are going to be playing and what injuries were going to happen, just looking objectively at the schedule. That's why I thought 500 would be great. Now knowing that the Hornets have had to play all of October without their starting backcourt, almost all of October without their two-guard, Terry Rozier, mm-hmm. and are looking at more prolonged absences. I'm good with three and four as a result. Mm-hmm. You know, Clearly, you'd like to get a couple of games back, a couple of results, but all told, to be at that position at this point without those major pieces, that's okay by me. So my headline, hopefully, for November is centered around getting healthy and not mm-hmm. if they get those guys back because they seem to be on the men and working their way back, but when. It'll make a huge difference. If the Hornets are sitting on election day and they still haven't seen LaMelo Ball or Terry Rozier back on the court, that's much more difficult, but certainly preferable to waiting till near Thanksgiving to get those guys back. So when and where those players return is going to be very interesting because I, I think there have been some times where Charlotte has been able to hit similar high notes with some of these fill-in players in the roles that would have been occupied by Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball and Cody Martin, for that matter. But the consistency, that's harder to sustain. And that's what makes all-star level players what they are, the ability to hit those high notes night after night after night. So Charlotte, to do what they've done without LaMelo Ball is impressive. But what, whenever they get him back and Terry back and Cody Martin back, the sooner the better for the overall consistency for the Hornets. That said, on a nightly basis, they can hit those highs. Uh, we'll hopefully see them hit one tonight. Before we turn the page, though, I need a number from you, Nate. 14 games on the calendar. Again, eight of them are on the road. Six are at home. There are two back-to-backs in there. Both involve travel. The first one coming up this weekend, starting in Memphis and home against Brooklyn. And then less than a week later, the Hornets will be home against Portland before heading down south to Miami. Your thoughts? In the 14 games on the calendar, what record do you think the Hornets will have? What number do you want them to have for wins? I think they'll be around like 6-8 and eight 
uh, realistic. I just think that the six and eight is what they're going to do. Like I said, seven and seven or eight and six would be absolutely fantastic. But I think it's going to be six and eight. And I do think they're going to rebound uh, tonight against the Bulls. The Bulls are pretty banged up, just like the Hornets. And um, I just think they can't keep doing what they did against Sacramento. You just can't have that defensive lapse in one quarter and just, you know, third quarter, just everything just comes, the wheels just come off. And I, I think that's kind of a wake-up call for this team, for these guys. And I think they'll have a, a great rebound game tonight against the Bulls. And that'll start something that I think they can keep going on and keep building on, let's put it that way. Because that Memphis game right after that is going to be a tough one at Memphis. But I think they do rebound after that disappointing loss to a 1-4 and four at that point in time Sacramento team who lost their best player in De'Aaron Fox. And then the third quarter, they just – Laxed in the third quarter and it, and it cost them. Well, save some of that analysis because we got to do a full game preview. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. Hornets versus Bulls is tonight. Coming up next, Nate Wimberly, the WBTV executive sports producer extraordinaire, will preview tonight's matchup in the Windy City. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Nate Wimberly, the WBTV executive sports producer. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate Wimberly, and you can see him nightly on Channel 3, your CBS affiliate here in the Queen City. Hornets are on the road in Chicago. Little piece of news on the injury front. We haven't heard anything official as of the recording of this podcast when it comes to LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, or Cody Martin. They're all certainly making strides towards returning to the floor, but we haven't heard anything about that return necessarily being imminent as in tonight, but hopefully there will be more news. Continue to keep your eyes peeled on Hornet social media for all of the latest. We have heard some news from national newsbreaker Shams Tarani, a senior lead NBA insider for the Athletic and Stadium. He tweeted out yesterday that Bulls star Zach Levine is unlikely to play tonight's game based off him trying to play yesterday against the Nets. So they are trying to you know limit his reps a little bit here early in the season. A back-to-back, including travel, is not always easy. And so maybe a little less likely we'll see Zach Levine tonight against the Hornets. All that kept in mind. Time to preview the game, Nate. We need players to watch, one for each team, as well as a statistic to watch. You will pick the category, and then you'll get to pick first, and I'll follow your lead. So where would you like to start? A Hornets player, a Bulls player, or a statistic to keep an eye on? Let's start with the Hornets player. You go and for I it. Think the player to watch is, to me, I would say the player to watch is Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, he's, he's just been uh, just what a fine for him, for the Hornets uh, for him to be able to play the way he's played in the absence of Lamelo Ball. He's kind of stabilized that thing and has played some outstanding defense. I mean, the scoring, yes, okay, but you know, we knew he could play some defense, and he's he's done a really really good job. Of, of being a uh, defending, and he will be the player that I'm going to watch to set the table for the Charlotte Hornets uh, offensively and defensively. 
tonight against the Bulls. Can't argue with it. He's off to a tremendous start of the season. The the shot from three has looked great, and his defense, I mean, he's getting some early buzz for all-NBA defensive team. That's how good he has been, so definitely like the pick there. I'm going to go with Kelly Oubre Jr. Kelly has been pretty darn consistent, I would say, over the course of the season. He's averaging 16 points per game. He's shooting 40% from the field. Yeah, there's an outlier where he had a bad night. There's been some strong nights, but for the most part, he's doing what you want of a starting two guard, and that's score the basketball, take shots when they're available to you, and, and take driving lanes as well. I'm also taking him because he was really good last season against Chicago. You look at the three head-to-head meetings. He only started one of them, but he ended up averaging about 30 minutes per game, and he averaged 18 points per game along the way. It was also one of his better shooting performances whenever he would square up against Chicago. Shot just under 50% from the floor, 37% from three. This for a guy who, in total, on the season, shot 34% from beyond the arc. So it seemed to have been a good matchup for him. How will he function being more of a focal point of the offense than when he's per se, coming off the bench because LaMelo and Terry are healthy. That remains to be seen. But Charlotte, with these guys absent, they need players to step up and have bigger scoring performances. I think Kelly Oubre is one to look for for the Hornets tonight. Where would you like to go next, Nate? A Bulls player to watch or a statistic to watch? Bulls player to watch. To me, I think one of the things that, I mean, you you can't, we all know that DeMar DeRozan is going to get his and the big man is going to get his. They've got to limit somebody coming off the bench and just surprising them with a big game like uh, Sacramento had on Monday night. You just can't. That was the killer to me is somebody coming off the bench. And as I look at it for the Bulls, you know, like a Gordon Dragic, you can't just have him come out there and just start lighting you up from three-point land. To me, Gordon Dragic off the bench, you can't have that happen tonight. So that's the one that I'm, I'm, they they got the limit, that person off the bench that's just going to come in and just light them up. Warren Dragons to me. I like the pick. I'm going to go with a different former all-star, and uh, I, I love this guy's game. I think he, he's an exceptional player, but man, is he annoying for the Hornets to have to go after, and that's Nikola Vucevic. He was a all-star level player with all-star level production when he was playing for the Orlando Magic. Those numbers have dipped slightly since he's come to Chicago. He's still a scorer, but he, he's not necessarily the primary guy, but man, this guy can fill it up, and he almost always does when he's playing the Charlotte Hornets. Again, his production's come down. He's come from roughly a 20 to 23 point per game guy with the Orlando Magic, where he played, by the way, under current Hornets head coach Steve Clifford. Now he's closer to 17 points per game. He's shooting a little bit less per contest than he used to. Still very, very efficient out there from the floor. In fact, he's off to a really strong start in terms of three point shooting. Rebound numbers continue to be good in double figures. Um, but this guy, man, is he a pain against the Hornets. Here's his scoring lines last year, where again, there was that dip uh, against Charlotte. The one game Charlotte won, Vucevic only mustered six points, five rebounds, and three assists. But the two that they lost to the Bulls, Vucevic's lines, 18 points, 16 rebounds, eight assists in one. The other, he had 30 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. He is a classic big man in the sense that he has size and he can rebound and he can play on the interior, but he also can stretch the floor and knock down threes. That one where he went for 30 against the Hornets, he was six for six from beyond the arc. So very, very difficult assignment. He's had some good games recently for the Bulls, even though Chicago's not playing their best basketball yet, but he's certainly someone to watch here for Chicago. 
23 and 19 against Philly. Exactly. And so those are the nights you got to avoid. I mean, you know, you know that DeRozan and you know, I mean, we don't know if Levine's going to play tonight, but we don't think he's going to play tonight. We'll find out, of course. There are certainly other players on this team that can hurt you, but Vucevic mm-hmm. can dominate the game and has in the last couple of years head to head with the Hornets. Last but not least, I need a statistic to watch. I don't know if this, this is not really a statistic. I just, they got to not have a bad quarter. To me, that's just the, the thing about this team is when they those have those awkward moments and just bad quarters, like a 37 and 37 to 18 getting outscored, 37 to 18 in the third quarter. They can't have that, and and, and that's true in any NBA game. But to me, just do not have those awkward bad quarters, and they just need to be consistent defensively in this game. And if they do, I think they're going to be fine. Just like I said, that the Bulls are pretty beat up like they are. They're kind of still trying to figure themselves. Don't give them a chance to just have a, a quarter and build that momentum and respond to that one bad quarter of an awkward score. So to me, I know that's not a stat, and I know I'm breaking the rules on that one, but you can't have just that awkward quarter. Fair enough, fair enough. Mine is going to be, uh, th- this is one that head coach Steve Clifford's been harping on, it's fouls. The team just Ooh. has got to stop fouling, and this is not an easy assignment to have that in mind against because no one scores more of their offense from the free throw line through the first couple weeks of the season than the Chicago Bulls. They score 20% of their offense on average on a nightly basis from the charity stripe. What does that equate to? That means 22 made free throws per night. And this is a team that makes them at a pretty high clip. They're above 80% on the season. Hornets are closer to 70% right now. And on a nightly basis here for Charlotte, they're making... I think around 16 free throws a night. So that's the difference. And that's not to say that every night Charlotte is in this hack mode where they're just running a parade route to the line or that the fouls don't equal out in some games. But the other night against Sacramento, that was glaring. That's how the Kings got back in it. Hornets shot better. They shot better from three. They did a lot right offensively, but turnovers ended up equaling out. Kings were giving it up all over the place in the first half. Hornets were leaky offensively in the second half, but the free throws disparity, that's where things got out of hand, and it's not necessarily because the refs are are doing a poor job. It's because the Hornets are just fouling too much. So for me, fouls are the stat to watch tonight for the Hornets against the Chicago Bulls. 28 free throws for Sacramento. You're on point. There it is. There it is. One other thing to keep in mind, Hornets, normal rest. It is on the road. Bulls are going to be on night two of a back-to-back. Always difficult. We'll see if the Hornets can take advantage there. Regardless of how it turns out, if you want to see all the highlights, make sure you're tuned in to WBTV Channel 3, your CBS affiliate back home in the Queen City. Executive sports producer Nate Wimberly will have the coverage for you. Nate, thank you as always for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Go Hornets. I love it. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For our producer, Rob Longo, and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.